ourselves for restoration and and we've you know taken a few little rabbit trails here and there on some things and what we've done the last couple weeks talking about the blood of Jesus amen about being redeemed amen and what that means and really again still talking about restoration of all things amen some things you just need to put under the blood amen I mean either Jesus the price that Jesus paid was enough or it wasn't I'd like to say it is. It was more than enough. Come on, somebody. Anybody else with me on that? Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, all three of you. Praise the Lord. How many know what Jesus did was enough? How many know what Jesus did was enough? Well, you know, you just gotta you just gotta work it a little bit, amen. Because sometimes that turkey kicks in and gives us fits. How many know that what Jesus did was enough? Yeah. Amen. So with that said, let's do a, a little quick review and then jump into what God has for us today. So we're gonna go to the book of Hebrews once again, chapter 13 of the book of Hebrews. Praise God. And one more time, just uh, just to amuse me, why don't you turn to somebody and say, I am going to get it all today. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's a, per- that's a choice you got to make, right? I said, that's a choice you got to make. I said, that's a choice you got to make. So Hebrews chapter 13, please. And again, we're going to read verses 20 and 21. All right. Verse 20 and 21. All right. And it says this, now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, talking about Jesus, that through the blood, in other words, through the blood of the great shepherd, through the blood of of our Lord and Savior, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Everybody say everlasting. Everlasting. Hallelujah. Still, Still working today, praise God. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete. Make you complete. Amen. Uh, that word uh, complete means whole. Amen. Hallelujah. Complete. Make you complete. Make you well. Make you whole. Every area work and everything in divine order. Make you complete in every good work to do His will. Working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise God. This word, uh, pardon me, this verse 21 uh, in the Amplified, let's see if I got it here, I think I do, uh, it means, uh, it says this in the Amplified, make you what you ought to be and equip you with every good to carry out His will. So in other words, through the blood of the everlasting comes, go make you what you ought to be, amen, so everybody say through the blood, blood. amen, and equip you with everything good to carry out His will. The Passion Translation, I think I gave you that one back there. Amen. The Passion Translation says this, uh, May He work, in other words, through the blood, may He work perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Let me say it again. May He work perfection into every part. Everybody say every part. part. Say it again, every part. Amen. You might have some areas working just fine. I said you might have some areas working just fine. But there's that one area. I know. You know. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. 
See, there might be that one area we need to get, we need to get it working. I said we need to get it working. Amen. So we want every part of you, amen, working uh, to perfection, right? Giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Amen. Uh, turn to chapter 9, if you will. Let's read uh, one of the key verses we read. Amen. Now, I've made a statement uh, the last couple weeks, and I'm going to say it again today. Uh, let's believe more in God's ability to give than the en- enemy's ability to take. Let's believe more in God's ability to move you forward than the enemy's ability to hold you back. Let's believe more in God's ability to complete you than the enemy's ability to destroy you. Amen. So Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12 through 14, please, says, Not with the blood of of goats and calves, but with his own blood, the blood of the Lamb here, he entered the most holy place. See, His blood reaches into, the, into heaven's highest place, amen, hallelujah, and also reaches down into man's lowest place. That blood, amen, can take care of the whole spectrum, all right? So here it is, amen, that with His own blood He entered the most holy place once for all. That's all He had to do, it just one time. Once for all. Everybody say all. all. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a part of the all. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. He did it once for all. Now look up. Just look at him. Look at him. Come on. I know it's uncomfortable, but just do it anyway. Amen. Say, that means even you. See, no matter your past, no matter your, your mistake, no matter what's went down, no matter what happened, okay, it doesn't matter. What matters is what he did trumps everything. All right. All right. We'll get back on that one. All right. So, with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. It's a done deal. For if the blood of bulls and goats and of the ashes of heifer uh, sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh. In other words, if, if all that kind of stuff happened in the old covenant like that, how much more... Shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, who offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now that's what we focused on last week. Amen. Hallelujah. That His blood reaches from the heavens, the highest place in heaven, to the lowest place in man's life. I don't care if we're talking about demonic oppression, the curse of sin, depression, sickness, poverty, guilt, shame. Come on, with His blood, hallelujah, hallelujah, He cleansed, He he has cleansed our conscience from dead works. Uh, We read in chapter 10, uh, you were cleansed, an evil conscience, it it says in the New King James, it might even say that in the Old King James. The Passion Translation kind of brings it out. He says that you were cleansed from an accusing conscience. An accusing conscience. So you start thinking about, you know, uh, what does that refer to? Well, a lot of times you don't move forward because you're too busy 
you know, listening to the lies that you're still under the shame and the guilt and the condemnation of whatever it was. Could be that, uh, you know, you made a mistake or it could be you didn't do what you feel you should have done or you did more than you should have done or it doesn't matter which side of the spectrum we're on. You've got to put it behind you, put it under the blood. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to carry this a little, bit, a little bit further today about the accuser. Because no matter how much your heart or your conscience makes accusation against you, you got to remember that the root of all of it is from the enemy who is the accuser of the brethren. And so he's real good at it. Okay? So let's go to... Um, Let's go to the book of Revelations, chapter 12. We'll dive into that a little bit and kind of dissect this a little bit. So Revelations, chapter 12, please. All right, now, did you come to get something? All right. All right. Now, Revelations 12. I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read a, a bunch of this. Eh, I shouldn't say a bunch. Probably, what, about six, seven verses here. Uh, verse 7, let's go there. And it says that the war broke out in heaven. All right. uh, so anyway, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon, now you think this is some video game, but this ain't. Come on. So there was a war that broke out in heaven, by the way. Hello. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon uh, and his angels fought. In other words, those on his side. Here we go, verse 8. But they did not prevail. I said they did not prevail, and they never will prevail, okay? Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Everybody say, any longer. That's key. So the great dragon was cast out, okay? Now, let's just make sure you know who we're talking about here. The great dragon was cast out. He said, that serpent of old huh, called the devil... And Satan, I don't care what name you want to tag him with, whether you want to call him a dragon, a serpent, the devil himself, Satan, fallen angel, I don't care what you want to, hey man, the word says he's been cast out, I said he's been cast out, now this one called the devil and Satan says, who deceives the whole world, I mean, oh, he's still deceiving, but he's no longer in heaven. He's not welcome there anymore. Okay, listen. He deceives the whole world. Says he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Why? Well, for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night has been, past tense, cast down. So he can no longer stand before the Father accusing you. He is still the accuser of the brethren. But he can't, he has no, he's, there's no welcome mat out for him in heaven. He's been cast down. He's still around. He's still accusing. 
Hello? Now hang on. Now they, you and me, talking about us, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens. I'm reading, I don't know how far the, you guys have up there. Rejoice, O heavens, you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, bummer, and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that his time, or he knows that he has a short time. Hallelujah. Now, verse 12 is not a refrigerator verse. But you just need to know that he's still doing what he does. Talking about the enemy. But we can overcome him, according to verse 11, with the blood of the Lamb, with the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives even unto death. Let's back up here a couple more verses. Let's do, um, let's go to, what is it, verse 10? Uh, Let's go to verse 9. It says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. So now we know he's been cast down. He ain't happy about it. He has no more place in heaven, but he's coming down, or he's here, doing the same thing that he was trying to do there, and that is bring accusation. How does he do it? He does it through deception. I said he does it through deception. I said he does it through deception. All right? Now, just for whatever it's worth, um, the enemy cannot deceive anybody unless you're deceivable. Is that, is that proper English? We'll roll with it. Okay. So, in other words, if you, know, you are unaware of things, Scripture even uses ignorant, okay, nobody likes to necessarily be called or referred to as ignorant, but it just means you're in the dark about something, or you're a forgetful hearer. So through that, the deceiver deceives those that should never be deceived, Okay, um, put Ephesians 6, verse 11 on the board. Now, in context, talking about the armor of God, we're not going to go into all that, but uh, so Ephesians 6, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God, all right, which is pretty wise to do that. Amen. Put on the armor. Why? Because there's a fight. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against what? The wiles of the devil. Now, we're just going to lay some groundwork here because, you know, we, if, if you're not ignorant of, of what's going on, then he can't deceive you. If you're, not, if, you're, you know, if you're not in the dark about some things, then he can't deceive you. Um, you know, if somebody, you know, came up and knocked on your door and said, you know, I wanna, I'm going to take your house now. You know, and if, if for some reason you're just, you know, deceived... Or ignorant, you say, oh, okay. 
Here's my keys. Did you want the car too? No, no, it ain't going to happen, right? Because you're pretty much aware, you know, that ain't going to happen. Uh, not on my watch. And, uh, you know, I have a, you know, Tommy, Tommy shotgun back here and, and uh, you know, whatever. I got a ball bat. I got, you know, get off my property. Um, you, you will have a tendency to say, I've got rights and you don't. Leave. Now we can go whatever. I could go all day long about different rights that you have. And, and if we hit a spot somewhere along the line, something that you're unaware of, not even knowing that you're being taken advantage of because you're unaware of your rights, you're unaware of, of what you have. Come on, somebody. So the enemy likes to sneak in and do things. He's a deceiver, and he's counting on that you're deceivable. It just don't sound right, does it? It's the wrong kind of... Am I saying it right? Amen. You're just, you know, susceptible to deception. That work? So he's counting on the fact that you're ignorant or unaware or in the dark about your rights as a child of God. That's what he wants to do. So put on the whole armor of God. Why? Well, that you may be able to stand because you're going to have to. I mean, you don't just lay down and say... Well, uh, 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 leave me alone. I mean, you know, you put on the armor. Why? Because you're going to have to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, so what does wiles mean? Let's look at this. The word wiles, i got a definition here. Now, hang on. We're, we're going somewhere with all this. The word wiles, methodia, we get a word method, but it also means a roadway, a, tra- a roadway that's been traveled over again and again and again. Speaks of scheming and trickery, methodia. So he comes with methods, with scheming and plotting, usually based on a roadway that he's, that he's had it his way with you before. Now that's, that's going to come up when we're done today. Okay, So he sneaks in there and the same way he always gets you and pushes the buttons and you know, deceives you here. He tries to sneak in and keep doing it because he thinks, I got in here one time. Maybe I can get in here again. I took the house away once. Maybe I can do it again. Took away, you know, the, uh, that which was theirs. They didn't know it. They didn't, I'm going to go in there and do it again. So put on the whole armor that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the point being is he deceives the whole earth. He's a deceiver. I'm not going to give all, you know, a whole lot of time to the enemy today, but I'm just, we just have to establish the fact he's a deceiver. And if you can be deceived, he'll mow you over all day long, drag you under the bus every single time, because here he comes. Why? Because he's a schemer and a plotter, and he knows how to kind of manipulate and push your buttons and pull the wool over your eyes. Okay, let's try one in uh, 2 Corinthians 2. Put that one on the board, if you will. Did I give you that one, 2 Corinthians 2? Verse 11. Lest Satan, the deceiver, right, should take advantage of us. So how many know he could take advantage of you? Thank you for all that moral support. Do you know he could take advantage of you? 
But he can't do it if, if you can't be deceived. He said, lest Satan should take advantage of us. Why? For we are not ignorant of his devices. Meaning that because we're not ignorant, he is not going to take advantage of us. Okay, the word devices. Now, these are all key because, remember, he's deceiving the whole earth. The word devices means perception, deception, thoughts, and purposes. That's how it brings out. It refers to the intellect, the mind, and what he's talking about is mental games, head trips. So, keep that in mind. The one that comes to deceive is going to come and try to create head games, head trips, through scheming and plotting, usually through the same pathways. What does that mean? He's going to use your past against you. He's an accuser. What's he going to accuse you of? Something of yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade. Come on. So, he's a deceiver. Go back to Revelations 12, if you will. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Micah, did I put uh, the Passion Translation of Ephesians 6? Did I put that one up? That Ephesians 6 and 11 in the Passion, I thought this was interesting about putting on the whole armor. It says, it says, putting on the whole armor, why? That you will be protected as you fight. I love this. As you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. It even says it in there, the accuser. Amen. I thought that was interesting. So thank you. So go back to Revelation 12. All right. We're going to go to verse, um, verse 9 again. It says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole, or the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice, loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Accuser. Well, the word accuser just means, it means uh, one who, uh, it means against one in the assembly. So in other words, accusers, there's one standing against another in the assembly. So he's referred to as an accuser. The word accused means to be a plaintiff, uh, to charge with some offense or accusation. Okay, makes sense, right? Accusation means a charge or a complaint something to incriminate, indictment, or fault-finding. Now, this is how the enemy operates. Now, this is why you don't get guilty of fault-finding. Last thing you want to do is connect with the enemy and be on his side about anything. It's just a thought I'm having. I'll leave that alone. But anyway, fault-finding. Okay, just what does that mean? So what is the enemy doing? Okay, fault-finding. Okay, it means criticism. It means adverse Critiquing, nitpicking, 
negative speech, blaming, or dispraise. Okay, now listen. So here's the enemy's uh, device, okay? This, this, this head trip, okay, is coming in the form of guilt, condemnation. We used the word last week. I kind of hammered on it quite a bit. Shame. Are you still with me? So he hits you with accusations and fault finding, trying to bring you under condemnation, guilt, and shame. Why? Just shuts you down. You won't move forward when you're all riddled with shame. You don't move forward when you're riddled with guilt and condemnation. You shut down. You should be taking ground. You should be overcoming and conquering. Instead, you're beat down because the enemy somehow or another is fault-finding, somehow or another accusing you, bringing up your past, bringing up your mistake, bringing up what you should have did different. If you would have just shut up, you know, you wouldn't be in this problem right now. If you would just straighten up, all this would be going away. If you didn't have the issues you had, things would be better. So the Spirit of God is trying to move you forward, but you're too riddled with guilt and condemnation because of where you messed up. So the accuser, through deception, through the wiles, that scheme and plotting, that manipulating kind of heads down, pulling you under things, playing a head game, playing mind games with you, amen, can keep you shut down even though... The price has been paid. You're free from your past, free from the mistake. Come on, somebody. It's under the blood. You're redeemed. Hello, somebody. But if you don't know that, or you forgot that, or you're in the dark about that, you can be deceived. And he just keeps coming in and manipulates, drags you under the bus all over again. And the whole time, a way has been made. The word redeemed again. You can't really talk about the blood without, you know, talking about being redeemed. And so the word redeemed, uh, let's see here. I got it in my definitions here somewhere. It means this, delivered from bondage, delivered from an owed penalty. Delivered from an owed liability. And it means also delivered from the possession of another. So when the enemy here is holding, holding you down, you've been delivered from that. Amen. And if you don't know that, or like I said, you're in the dark about that, or you have forgotten that, he continues to hold you under. And I used the illustration earlier about if somebody come knocking on your door and says, I want your house, I'm taking your house. You'd say, really, dude? Get off my property or I'll remove you from my property. And you'd fight tooth and toenail for that. And yet the enemy comes along and holds you under saying everything about your life is going nowhere because I'm holding you down. You go, oh, okay, whatever. You're right, I'm just a loser. I'm just bound by this. I can't get free from this. no. That's when you rise up, put on the armor, stand up in who you are and say, hey, devil, shut up. Get your hands off of me. 
Get your hands out of my business. Get your hands off my, pe- off my family, off our people. Get your hands away from here. You have no place here. Thought we'd get a little more movement out of you on that one. But anyway, let's try some more here. Back to verse 10 of Revelations 12. Once he was cast down, it says this, Now with a loud voice saying in, uh, in heaven, Now salvation, everybody say salvation, salvation. and strength, say strength, salvation. the kingdom of our God, everybody say the kingdom, kingdom. and the power of his Christ, everybody say power, power, have come. Why? How did that all come? Well, it says, For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them uh, before our God day and night, has been cast down. So we could say, now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come because He was cast down. All of this is now manifesting because, or has the potential to manifest because He's been cast down. Meaning this, okay, here He is still accusing. But once you cast Him down, now salvation... Come on, all this stuff is manifesting on your behalf. See, what happens, we're missing out on verse 10 because even though he's been cast down from heaven and even though all of this is available, we miss out on all of this because we haven't cast him down. We haven't put him in his place. And so he continues to dominate through accusation, through shame, through guilt, through condemnation, through fault-finding. Keeps you under. So let's take a look at this for a minute. Salvation. So this word salvation, the Greek word is soteria, okay? Soteria, which means total deliverance, okay? It means health, safety, the saving of, or the rescue of one. It's the same word used that when you receive Christ, that you you enter into a place of salvation, the full meal deal. Now, salvation doesn't just mean the born-again experience and you're good to go to heaven. That's the beginning of it. That's the start of it. That's the hallelujah, the coolest miracle that could ever happen to a human being. But salvation is still at work. Why? Because you probably still need some saving. I'm not talking about your soul. I'm talking about everything else in your life. There still needs to be uh, some things renewed and some things taken care of. There needs to be healing. There needs to be breakthrough. Come on, somebody. There needs to be, praise God, uh, liberty and freedom brought into certain areas of your life. You still need to be renewed. Come on, somebody. Am I right? So, salvation. So, if I keep the accuser down, that'll have more, more freedom to move and work in my life. There's strength. Everybody say strength. Dunamis, okay, uh, which means... Uh, Power, force, or might means an ability or miraculous power. Amen. So not only will salvation have place to work, in other words, be demonstrated around your household and your life, but signs, wonders, and miracles can manifest around you. See, now salvation and strength, dynamis, can manifest. Why? Because he's been cast down. But if he still has a place... If he's still deceiving you, if he's still manipulating you, if he's still holding you under, this whole time you had this available to you and you're missing out. Shut him up. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, the kingdom, okay? Uh, The word kingdom, uh, basilia, okay, which means... Uh, it speaks of royalty, but it's, it means the rule, the reign, or the realm. 
So the kingdom of our God, referring to the rule, the reign, or the realm of God. You know, it's the same kind of word used like His kingdom come, His will be done, His kingdom, right? His rule, His reign, His realm manifesting. But bottom line, what it means is, is God has the ability to show Himself strong. Now listen, I'm trying to give you answers. Because well, I wonder when God ain't... God, just take it away. Just take it away. Why don't you put him down? And let God have room to move. Stop believing the lie. Stop letting him mow you over. Talk about the enemy. So the power, uh, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Now, how did all these come? Why did all these come? Because he was cast down. Right? Because he was cast down. It says, now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Why? Because the accuser was cast down. That same still works. Now, the power of his Christ. The word power, exousia, okay, which means delegated influence, authority, jurisdiction, amen, a right or a privilege, the word also means. So it's talking about the power of Christ. So in other words, you're giving, you're giving the Lord freedom and liberty to affect your every decision. I'm telling you, this, this all right here, so many times we're, we're letting the enemy make decisions for us because he's got us under a spell, so to speak, because we're deceived in the fact that you're redeemed. Amen. He's got no more rights to you. And you have to understand that through ignorance or through uh, being in the dark or forgetting who you are gives him a place to come in and take away what's rightfully yours. I'm not mad, by the way. <laughs> or at least at you. Right? Because I'm kind of done with this mess. I mean, the whole time you got a salvation package that's yours. The whole time you have a dynamis, a miracle-working power that's available to you. The whole time you've got the realm of God manifesting, showing Himself strong. All of it's available unto you. The authority and dominion of Christ coming in and helping you walk through this thing, making the quality choices that you need to bring everything in divine order. All of it is available unto you. But the accuser has got you shut down, making you think that you're under it because of a mistake you made yesterday or yesteryear. It's a lie from the pit of hell. It's time to take him down. Glad we got through that. So how do we do it? How do we take him down? Well, it's a good thing you asked. Verse 11, please. Here's how it happens. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Three areas here in this, in this text. Overcame him, the enemy, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb. It's where it starts. It's with the, by the blood. You've got to put it under the blood. That's when you remind him, hey, uh, uh, devil, <clears throat> I just want to let you know that the blood of Jesus has redeemed me from that mess, from that mistake. I mean, when the enemy starts bringing up your past, it's when you go, you know what? Thank you for reminding me that I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Woo! You start doing that, the enemy's already packing his bags. That's where it starts. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Okay? You're taking your position and who you are. Taking your stand in your covenant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Taking your stand concerning your redemptive rights as a child of God. Why? Because Jesus did it. Jesus paid a price. I said, Jesus paid a price. But I get amazed at how many people, when you tell them this, they still they have more faith in the devil's ability to hold them back than they do God's ability through what he's already done to move you forward. Now, either what the blood of Jesus did was enough or it wasn't. I say it was. Amen. I said amen. Uh, put Ephesians 1.7 on the board, if you will. Ephesians 1.7. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. I've been redeemed. I've been purchased. Blood bought. Blood washed. Hallelujah, my past is gone. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. It's a done deal. Well, pastor, you know, uh, what I did wasn't right. No, it wasn't. That was real stupid. Yeah. You know, uh, you know I like to, you know, you know sometimes it's just, it's just the way it is. The spirit of stupid jumps on you. And you do something dumb, you say something dumb, you act dumb. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be a dummy. Right? It happens. But so that's why you go, whew, Jesus! I was dumb. I was stupid. I reacted wrong. I did the wrong thing. And I'm so grateful that when I confess my sin unto you, you're faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive that. I repent. The word repent, by the way, just means stop, turn, go the other way. It literally means, it breaks it down to even a change of thought. You were thinking this way, now you're thinking this way. So what do you do with that? <gasps> I'm going to have to pay a price for that mistake I made. So Jesus said, well, wait a minute, let me, let me, let me pay that debt for you. Let me handle that for you. Now, there's no doubt. You start walking down a, uh, you know, a road, certain road, there's consequences to that mess. That's why he said, get it under the blood now. Somebody says, well, you know, you keep telling my husband that. He's just going to keep doing it. <laughs> no, he won't. Just, you just watch. Start putting that baby under the blood. Start you mean you just a little little talk with God here and there, and all of a sudden that little thing that was giving him fits ain't giving him fits no more, because it's amazing what the blood of Jesus can do. But when you sit here and worry and stress about it, well, all you're doing is giving the devil more authority. All you're doing is giving the accuser and the deceiver more authority. How about just put it under the blood, and that stinker of a husband might turn around, or wife. Yeah, you know, girl. You know who you are. Mm -hmm. Come on. But it starts with the blood. Put it under the blood. I said put it under the blood. 
Here's a statement for you. The enemy holds a place because of our unbelief of his promises. We are only limited by our own freedom to doubt God at His Word. The whole time the blood of Jesus paid a price, but we won't buy in it, we won't, we won't accept it, we won't receive it. You can walk free from your past. So here you go, you made a decision. Okay, okay I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward in God. You're moving forward in God, the devil goes, hey, 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 wait, 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 whoa, 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 where are you going? You remember what you did. You know, well, no, wait a minute, no, wait a minute, I'm redeemed. Start moving, hey, 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 remember that other thing you did? And you knew better. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute, the pastor said I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed, hallelujah. Hey, 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 buddy. I know that's a pretty cool thing that God's offering there, but uh, <laughs> I happen to know a few things about you. <laughs> yeah, you keep this up, I'm going to tell everybody about it. I'm getting a little ahead of myself on that one, but you just hang on. And that's all it does. The cues are just, all, it's just enough, just enough to just put the fire out. Just enough to just kind of, yeah, maybe I better not get too serious about this Jesus stuff. Yeah, maybe, you know, I am, I am a stinker. Maybe that's all I'll ever be. Yes, maybe I'm just always going to have that issue. I just need to accept it and move on with my life. How about you just put it under the blood? And put more faith in God's Word than you do what the enemy says. Put more faith in the promises of God than you do the, deception li- the deceptive lies that the enemy says. Are you still with me? Go back to Revelations 12 and 10, or verse 11 of me. And they overcame Him by the blood of the Lamb. That's where it starts. And by the word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. Okay? Well, the word testimony means, uh, you know, it's martyr, where you get our word martyr from, but it's, it refers to a, uh, uh, something, uh, providing an evidence of something, something being seen, something, being, uh, something happening. So is God doing anything in your life right now? Always. Always? Okay. That's a good answer. But it says, through the word of their testimony. In other words, your mouth has to be involved here. You know, if you want to change something, we got to start with the mouth. <laughs> always. Always. I mean, you want to change something in your life, we got to change your mouth. we got to change your words. That's where it starts, okay, for, you know, I'm serious as far as changing things. So it says here, you overcome the enemy, the accuser, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, things have got to be coming out your mouth. Amen. Don't buy into it. Stop talking the condemnation. Stop talking the problem. Stop talking the the deception or the the shame, I mean. Stop talking the mess. Start talking what God's doing. Now, 
Positive and faith-filled words create an atmosphere for God to move. Put up Matthew 12 and 37. Now, the whole text here in Matthew 12, Jesus is talking about out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaking. And he says that you put the right deposits in, the right thing in, it produces right things. You put wrong things in, it comes out wrong. Come on, somebody. Well, I have a hard time. I always have to talk this. Well, it's because of what you feed on. Now, the point I'm trying to make, and I think in context of what we're dealing with here today, for by your words, you will be justified. Isn't this a, by your words, by your words, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. What's he telling? See, that's what the enemy tries to do. Here comes the accusation. Here comes the things he's saying. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you to say the same thing. Because in all honesty, he has no more right. Who, can, who shall condemn God's elect? It's God who justifies. Who dares say this against thee as a child of God? It's God who justifies. But you got in agreement and started saying, I'm just a loser. I can't do nothing. I never can have it. Every every time I step out, I fall flat on my face. As sure as you know anything, I'm going to step out here and try to do this. I'm going to do the same old stupid, dumb thing I always do. So you just condemned yourself. Because the accusers make an accusation, and you're buying into it. Now your own words are hurting you. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Your words justify you. Your words condemn you. So you've got to get your words, amen, to justify you instead of condemn you. So how do you do that? Well, you, you, you say what God says. Amen. God says you're redeemed. In other words, you've been justified. You're the righteousness of God. You're in right standing with Almighty God. Amen. Well, I happen to know, you know, you make a lot of mistakes. Yes, and praise ye the Lord, by the blood of Jesus, I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. I am justified based on what Jesus did. I'm the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. The Father sent the Son to pay a price. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am redeemed. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, so the blood of Jesus... Through the blood, amen, based on what Christ has done. But then what comes in here is got to get in agreement with it. you got to start saying what he says. Stop talking what the enemy says. Stop, stop you know, getting in agreement with You know, the Word of God says this. Where two agree as touching anything, it shall be given. We just think that's talking about prayer. Well, it works in prayer. The power of agreement in prayer. But where two agree is touching anything works every day of your life. Who you get in agreement with? Well, you've got to guard who you get in agreement with. I try to scan the whole audience here. You know, I look at a few and you're all going, you know, he knows something about me. No. <laughs> Amen. Who are you getting in agreement with? See, if the enemy, the accuser comes at you and starts accusing you, and you just get in agreement, you're right, I'm just, I just always fail, I always flop, I'm never going anywhere, I'm never going to be anything, I'm never going to, I'm never going to fulfill my destiny, never going to get a dream, I'm never going to, it's, going to, it's never going to happen. I'm just such a... And what you're doing now is you're giving him place when all along he's been cast down. You just get to get authority and stand, listen, shut up, devil. You got no place here. 
Amen. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, when he brings that stuff up, he just say, you know, you're right, man. I should have never done that. Man, that was stupid. Thank you, Jesus. That the blood of Jesus even covers stupidity. You got to get your words going in the right way. I can't even tell you how many times people just hang themselves by their own words. Words are containers. They hold life. They hold death. They hold the blessing. They hold the curse. Your own words. Your own words justify you. And your own words condemn you. You already got enough accusation coming your way. You don't need to get in agreement with it. What you need to do is start casting it down, take authority over it. Amen. And start standing your ground in who you are as a child of God and begin to take ground. Amen. So, uh, back, to, uh, uh, back to Revelations 12. All right. Now, here we go. There's just some more statements here. You see what you can do with this, okay? Uh, if we're going to talk, let's talk redemption, not accusation. Let's talk justification, not condemnation. Amen. I said this earlier, I'll go ahead and say it again. If you want something to change in your life, start changing your mouth. Change your mouth. Amen. Now, the other day, my wife uh, uh, got up, I think it was last, it was last Saturday, I think it was. Last Saturday, she got up, and the Spirit of God had spoke something to her in the middle of the night, and uh, she didn't know what it was for, but I knew what it was for. And uh, she said this, she said, uh, the Spirit of God said, there's no shame in having to win something again. And I knew what she, you know, because I was, I was getting ready to preach that, that next morning on shame. So to me, it was just a confirmation. But there's no shame in having to win something again. You say, well, see, because here you go. Well, you know, Pastor, I, I got free from that one time. And I, as a Christian, and I, here I am, I'm, stop. Stop. What is it? You only get what you get, like, you get one shot at this or something? Why is it that we believe that God died for the whole world and God loves the whole world till you get saved? Why is it? I don't understand that. I don't get that concept. Well, now that I'm saved, I blew it. God's mad at me. He's upset with me. He don't like me no more. What? Where did, what? That's a lie from the devil, man. That's a lie from the accuser. Why did God's love all of a sudden shift now that you know Jesus? Well, because we know better. No kidding! <laughs> the blood's still at work. That's why it's an eternal covenant. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! The blood is still flowing. Put it under the blood. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb. By the word of their testimony. And what's the third one? Loving not our lives even unto death. That just sounds like... <laughs> but here's what it refers to. It's a willingness to give your all even in the face of fear and shame. I'm willing to lay everything at it. I'm going all the way with this thing. Even in the face of fear... And the face of shame. Somebody says, well, you know, I, 
I don't want to do it because, you know, people are going to think things. They already do. You're so worried about your <laughs> reputation. You might as well give that up. Come on. Listen, you say, Pastor, you? listen, I can't tell you how many people won't come to the house of God because of a, a past mistake. <laughs> well, you know, I, I said some things about you. Well, who hasn't? No, really. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty much aware that not everybody likes me. It's okay. And I'm pretty much aware that some time or another, maybe even a couple here today, don't like me right now. So, well, it's probably not a good thing. No, it ain't, because I'm a pretty cool guy. But... Oh, I said some things, or I did this, or I, 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 I held back because of this, or I pulled back. So what? Who hasn't done these things? Stop buying into the, accu- you know, the accusation. Pull yourself up, amen, and face that mess and move forward. Stop worrying about your reputation. Stop worrying about what everybody thinks of you. Stop worrying about, you know, the the shame or the ridicule or the embarrassment. Put all of that under the blood and move forward. You know, I would have a service where everybody come up and tell us your thing. You know, just just because, you know, my thought would be, at least you know you're not alone. But the problem is, this is what happens, you know. You, pretty soon you start, you start stacking each other up, you know. And pretty soon you say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. I'm all right. That's not really how I'd want that to happen. Amen. Because whether you know it or not, we all need the blood of Jesus. And whether you need it or not, we all need what Christ has offered. We all need answers. We all made mistakes. We've all done something that was stupid. So we might as well just receive what's ours. Take your stand against the accuser through the blood of Jesus, through your own words that will bring justification, and make a stand, praise God. Hallelujah. Be passionate about what this is. Go forward regardless of fear, regardless of shame, regardless of the lies, regardless of all the accusations. You face it and move forward, praise God. Amen. You can't, you can't be quitting every time, you, you know, something didn't quite, you know, you know, go right in your life. You know, you got to just say, you know what, I, I'm moving forward. Listen, I've had people uh, tell me, and I can't even, I, this happens all the time. So if you just did it recently, don't be condemned. You know, I'm not going back because everybody knows what I did. Who are you? What's your name? Oh, and you did what? Oh, okay. Well, glad you came. Listen, I don't go to bed at night thinking about your sin. I care less about your sin. <laughs> really? <laughs> I minister in a prison every week. I care less about their sin. <laughs> You think you're that bad? Really? <laughs> oh, I got a story for you. 
I, I just, it's amazing how everybody thinks everybody's looking at them. That's what shame does. Nobody's looking at you. Nobody's discussing you over the dinner table. Nobody's bringing you up. You know, just most people don't even know your name. But that's what the enemy tries to do. So what happens? He shuts you down, keeps you out of the house of God, keeps you moving from moving forward because you're too busy. You're afraid that if I lift up my head toward God, it's all going to come out. Well, how about just put it under the blood, get your words in agreement with God, amen, and face this thing. Stop worrying about your life. I have found the quickest way to get past all that. Anyway, start thinking about other people and helping somebody else. Come on. Well, thank you for all that enthusiasm. Put this reference. I thought this is perfect. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Now, you run your race. How you do it? You're looking unto Jesus. Okay? Why? He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the originator. He's the perfecter. Now listen, this is, get this. Please get this. Okay? Now listen. Who for the joy that was set before him. Remember, he's your example. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testament, and loving not your life even unto death. Okay? How did Jesus do this? Okay? He, for the joy that was set before him, He endured the cross, look what it mentions, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's the same way it works for you and me. Same exact way. For the joy set before you, you endure your cross. We're all supposed to take up our cross and follow Him. We all have a calling, a purpose. We all have something we're destined to do. So you have to endure, you have to, for the joy set before you, you have to endure, amen, your cross. Come on, remember, laying down your life, despising the shame. The word despising means to disregard it, to think against it, to not give it weight, to ignore it. How did Jesus, look at this, this is what Jesus did. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, laid down his life, despising the shame, ignoring the shame. Because some of you, well, you know, if I move forward, you know, people are going to think, who, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We have been raised up together with Him, seated together with Him in heavenly places. All He's asking is for you to take your place as a child of God. And the way to do it is loving not your life even unto death. Through the joy set before us, we endure our cross, we despise despise the shame, and we sit down where we're supposed to sit down. Most people forget about who they are in Christ. Years ago, the Spirit of God said, he called it spiritual AIDS and identity deficiency syndrome. We forget who we are. You're seated right now with Him in heavenly places. That's where you're positioned. You forget that, you get deceived. You forget who you are in Christ, you get deceived. 
You forget what's been done, the price that's been paid. You're a new creation. Old things passed away. If you forget that, you get deceived. Here comes the accuser. You're an ambassador for God. Oh, no, I'm a loser. No, you're an ambassador. When you forget who you are, here comes the accuser. Here comes the deception. Here come the wiles and the scheming and the devices, the head games. You're the righteousness of God. You've been seated together with Him. You are in right standing with an almighty God. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. Hallelujah. And obtain mercy and find grace in time and need. Why? Because you're the righteousness of God. But you forget that. Here comes the accusations. Here comes the head trips. Here comes the mental games. And pretty soon you're backing up. You're no longer enduring your cross. You're no longer letting go of the shame. You're no longer acting like somebody that's seated together with Him in heavenly places. If that's the Lord, tell Him hi. Anyway, uh, so anyway, so the same way it worked for Him is the same way it works for you and me. So we overcome the accuser through the blood of the Lamb based on what Christ has done, the word of our testimony through us right now, right today, Saying words that justify us and not condemn us. Come on. And loving not our lives even unto death. We press forward regardless. We press forward even in the face of fear, in the face of shame. Amen. And we move forward. Amen. As the man or woman of God that we're destined to be, praise God. Why? Because we're already seated together with Him in heavenly places. We might as well get our job done. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Did you get something today? Come on. Give the Lord a praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whew. Go ahead and stand up. Praise God. I'll give you a couple more statements here. A couple statements I wanted to make last week and didn't get around to it, but these accusations, you know, this thing of shame and condemnation and guilt. When you buy into that, you, have, you just, just remember, uh, in fact, you'll, if you actually get honest with yourself, you see it at work. If you buy into it, it keeps you connected to your past. It always does. Instead of you moving forward, you, get, you stay connected to your past. Now, um, sometime back here, I heard a statement, and then since then, I've seen it now multiple places. Um, but they say that all addictions are shame-based. All addictions. Shame-based. Why? Because of shame, it keeps you connected to it. So if you can walk free from shame, you might be, you might be amazed at how you walk free from addiction. So just, you say, well, you know, all I can do is just say, I put it under the blood. I'll put it under the blood. Well, if I put it under the blood, what's I supposed to do? Well, how about walk free from addiction? How about walk free from your past? How about walk free from that thing that holds you captive? That's what it'll do. So, you know, you might sarcastically, you know, you know, mock it a little bit, but I'm telling you what, you need to wake up and go, wait a minute. Yep, Jesus did pay a price for me. The blood was shed, praise God. Hallelujah. I am redeemed. Amen. Well, I need help. Praise ye the Lord. He's here to help. Praise God. Amen. I might as well receive what He's done. I might as well accept it. And I might as well move forward in it. Amen. You know, like I said, uh, one of the greatest revelations that ever happened to me was just understanding the fact that I was the righteousness of God. Had nothing to do with Jerry. Had nothing to do with what Jerry did or didn't do. 
I, I stepped into a place of right standing with God based on the blood of Jesus, based on what He did. And the day I got that revelation was the day I started walking free from all the mess. Walk, started walking out of it. This left, and then that fell off, and then that fell off, and then that fell off. And all it was was a revelation of understanding that I'm accepted as I am. Now, He won't leave me as I am, but I'm accepted as I am, praise God. And nothing's going to separate me from the love of Christ. And so you have to just understand that what Jesus did was enough. Put more faith in what He did than what the enemy's trying to do. Did you get that? Amen. Hallelujah. Give Him praise one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give You praise, glory, and honor. Thank You again for the blood of Jesus. Thank You that through that blood of the everlasting covenant, You're making us complete, making us whole. And we receive that and we thank You for that. Thank You, Lord, the accuser's been brought down and we take authority over him right now in Jesus' name. Through the blood of Jesus and by the word of our testimony and loving not our lives, even unto death, we take a stand, hallelujah, of freedom in you, praise God. And we give you praise and we give you glory, praise God, that in you, hallelujah, we are who the word of God says we are. Praise God, we can do what the word of God says we can do. We can fulfill what the word of God says we can fulfill, hallelujah. And we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, turn to somebody and say, I'm so glad you're redeemed and you are dismissed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.